John Sanford Shumway, born May 27, 1976, is the third of the Shumway siblings. He has two kids, Kenna Don and Grant Sanford. He lives in Orem, Utah. He got his law degree from Brigham Young University in 2006, and he currently works at Provo Canyon as the Human Resources Director. He spent his formative years in Mexico. He is the only Shumway brother to have pierced his ears that I'm aware of at least. Uh, and he was voted the best looking Shumway brother for 33 out of the last 34 years, PJ narrowly edging him out in 2020 due to his COVID beard. He's multi-talented. Uh, he can play the piano, the guitar, the drums. He can lay down a mean beatbox track. Uh, he's an amazing storyteller. He's been in multiple bands and rap groups, and he wrote a musical that I don't believe we've yet, or we've yet to hear it, so hopefully we can hear that at some point. He's a great dad to his kids, and in the right light, he's a pretty okay brother. So strap in as we share memories of John Sanford Shumway. Good. Pretty okay brother, that's a glowing recommendation. Glowing. <laughs> Okay, good. Uh, in, in the right light. So. <laughs> He's pretty. Um, good. So, Cody. All right. I've got, well, a, I've got a few memories tell us, of John. Tell us your thoughts. <laughs> um, I'll just start with the most mortifying, and then we'll go from there. Uh, so, when I was probably, I don't know, old enough to know, old enough to know, let me say this. I was probably like 10 to between 10 and 13 years old. I don't know exactly when, but John was over at the house at the old house and we were saying goodbye for some reason. I he's leaving or I was leaving. I don't know. But when I went to say goodbye, I assumed that we were going to kiss. <laughs> I don't know what was i i know and i like kiss on the lips i was trying to kiss him not because i was like not because of any weird thing i just thought i don't know i guess at that point i still kissed like mom on the lips and dad on the lips so i didn't think anything of it and then i went and he's like me yeah i'm not gonna kiss you on the lips like don't <laughs> don't try to do that with your brothers <laughs> and it is it has shaken me to my core to this day. I'm still just like, what was I thinking? Anyway, so there's, there's, that's the first memory that comes to mind when I think of John, uh, just because of how embarrassing it was for me, but he handled it really well. Um, the next thing I wanted to say about John is that he has always, one thing about him is that if I ever go to him with an idea or something I'm passionate about, he is just such a great supporter. He really is someone that will be like, yeah, you should go for it. That's, that's an incredible idea. Very, um, I don't know, just, just encourages ambition. And I think that's, that's really cool. Cause that's not easy for everyone to like, even if the idea was something that probably was out of my skill set, he would still just be very supportive. Um, and then the last, oh man, what was the last thing I wanted to share about John? I'm trying to remember I had a third story but we can come back to it if you remember yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll remember it we'll start with I'm sure I'm sure I will yeah we can come back to me in a minute good uh Kristen let's go to you 
Um, okay, so I also didn't write anything down, but I did have some ideas. I, as I was thinking about this podcast, I started remembering some of the memories I had with John, and I do remember the time when I held him down and kissed him on the lips um, when we played Berry Bear. <laughs> Never happened. Everyone's trying to kiss John. <laughs> I'm kidding. That didn't happen. So I was not Ask Cassidy. Oh, dang it! It was just me. <laughs> no, but we. Uh, I do remember John. This is one story. You guys might have to fill in the details because I don't remember if it was if it was Nathan or if it was Kevin. But there was one time where I came home from from high school, and I opened up the garage door, and it was either Nathan or Kevin. They were chained in the garage. John had chained them to the garage, and there was a skateboard. They were standing on a skateboard but they were chained and I can't remember if it was Nathan or Kevin, but I went up and I'm like, Nate, or do you want me to get you down? He's like, no, 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 John will kill me. John will kill me. If you get me down, just leave me here. And I was like, what? And so I just, I walked in the house and left him and I can't remember if it was Nate or Kevin, but it was one of the younger boys, the two boys, but John was always coming up with these weird, like crazy ideas with the younger boys. How did like he have he, him chained up in the garage? Yeah, they were, he was hanging from the garage and there was a skateboard underneath kind of holding him so that I guess it wouldn't be too, too painful. I don't know, but that is the true story. And I can't remember if it was Nate or Kevin. Was he Maybe sitting on it or was he like back. laying on it? He was standing on it. It wasn't was, me, or at least if it was me, I don't remember that. You don't all. remember, it must have been <laughs> Kevin then. Cause I remember that specifically. And I, I thought, remember a lot of the abuse that John put me through and that's not one of them. <laughs> yeah. And it was just weird. And it was like, uh, so I remember them, both you, Sam, you and John used to just do the meanest things to coordinate. So wonder there, you know, you guys are pretty upstanding adults. It's a miracle because you guys <laughs> tortured those kids. Anyway, John was always thinking of really interesting uh, things to do with you guys. One thing that you you and Sam would always do, or John and Sam would always do, is your videos. I will always remember those. And it was usually there was usually something along the lines of farts, long farts at the end. And you <laughs> usually would just sit and hold the video and say, "Okay, are you done?" And then they they would just, "I'm finished." And you would just keep holding the video, and make them just like totally uncomfortable totally uncomfortable but um, we were John, so ahead of our time in our comedic like <laughs> they were the ideas of genius I know. yeah um i remember john with long hair he was kind of a, had that skater remember he had that uh the time when he was a little bit into the skater mode so i remember that um, no but he had remember the hair over the eyes he mm -hmm. had the hair over the eyes and uh so that was kind of a a moment in his life when was, you know he was he was a good kid good kid just did the skater thing um but yeah I mean John just always was you know making videos and having a good time and that's just how I remember John just always thinking of videos to make and uh, he was always doing stuff with his band and anyway just always having a good time and John always always has an open door for me anytime I go up north he's always willing to let me stay at his house Wait, so, Kristen, you cut out. You said always, always what? Has an open door. Anytime I come yeah. up north, he'll always let me stay in the basement um, with the girls. So I, he's always been very welcoming, and I really appreciate that about John.
So anyway, those are my stories. I need to figure out who, who it was that was changing the garage though. Oh, well, yeah, we'll ask Kevin because it certainly wasn't me. <laughs> I think you've narrowed it down. <laughs> it was one of the younger boys. Are you sure it wasn't Jonathan Williams? Might have been yeah, Jonathan Williams. neighbor kids? Maybe. Yeah. Could have been. Do you want anyway, me to take that's... you home? Please don't take me home. <laughs> don't take me don't down. Kill don't kill me. Kill me. Don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I got to find out who that was. All anyway, right. those are the things. All right. Um, oh, the, one, the, the thing I wanted to share, I did have something else to share. I don't think we can we can get through John's episode without talking about his dogs. And John is kind of like dad, I feel like, where he'll never tell you how much he loves his dogs, but the man loves his dogs. Like they'll come over to my house dressed up, you know, he'll he'll talk about how stinky and lazy they are, but then you can just tell that he loves them. And I you think can that's just so tell because he has a little shrine of with the, <laughs> with the ashes of of Ringo. Uh, Ringo, Ringo in his living room. I mean, there, it's it's not that hard to figure out how much he loves his dogs. But anyway, those are my things about John. I do have to hop off because I have to go. I have to go to this. Okay, thanks, Cody. Meeting, but I love you all. Sorry, I can't love stay. you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, love you. Love you. Dad, do you want to go next and then we'll have Nate go and then we'll get the other kids on. I will. Thank you. Um, well, let me start with this. Um, John uh, is carrying on the family name, Sanford. Right now it's three generations long and I'm putting pressure on Grant to make sure his first son is the Sanford also. Well, uh, I'll say this. John has always been a a good, a good man, a good boy. He uh, was a good student in school, good athlete, had lots of friends, and he was a very good missionary. I believe he was assistant to the president. I remember before he left on his mission, I think the week before, John and I uh, decided that we were going to go up to Steamboat Springs and go skiing one more time before he took off. And as I recall, we were the first on the slopes. And we were the last ones down after the end of the day. Uh, during that day, we were told by the ski patrol more than once to either slow down or they're going to kick us off the slopes. But <laughs> it didn't slow down either one of us. Uh, I, uh, I, I really thought that John probably had a, a hard uh, decision to make to leave Wyoming and go to BYU for law school and to, to attend school there. But I I think that was a, a good move for him to uh, continue the little bit of a tradition of BYU, though even, you know, I, I still think you all humor me and cheer for BYU when, when uh, we probably should be cheering more for Wyoming. I remember. Um, I'm not humoring anybody. I have a, well, I won't. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. True blue through and through. Okay. No, no offense to all my Wyoming Cowboy friends. PJ's probably going to cry when he hears me say that. I, I, uh, I, one, one experience, I said John was a good athlete. John Detai came to me and did something that was totally out of his character. He said, would you talk to John and see if he'll come out and play football this year? And uh, I'd never heard John Detai ever do anything like that. And so I talked to John and John, of course, said, I'm going to, focus on basketball so he didn't play football that year um that was the year that laramie high school i think won their last state championship uh football 
they were the football champions his senior year. And his basketball team, I don't think he even qualified for state. But uh, he, uh, he was very determined and very dedicated. And, and of course, we let him, let him go ahead with that decision that he had made. Um, the, the other thing that I remember, John, even though he's very athletic, he had a, a uh, heart condition. It was called White Parkinson. Well, let's see, it's called Wolf White Parkinson syndrome, which was a heart arrhythmia, which means he had a real rapid heartbeat. This is something he had from birth. And in order to correct this, the doctors had to go in and do an ablation, which is, is a procedure that uh, stops the electrical connections from causing the heart to go really fast. The first surgery, Susan and I were there waiting for him to come out of surgery. John came out, and then the doctors came out, and the doctors came out laughing, saying, well, it didn't work, so we got to do it again. And so I thought, well, there goes another $10,000. Second time they're they were successful. I don't think John's had problems with that since. Um, Hold up. I, Heart surgery cost $10,000? Yeah, isn't that amazing? That's the old days. As now I was going to say, I, I take my... I go into the emergency room to ask for directions and they charge me $10,000. <laughs> I know. But anyway, that was certainly something that we never hesitated. We wanted to make sure that John got everything that he could. And that was when we had no insurance. So there goes your inheritance, everybody. <laughs> all, all in the operating $10,000 of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, maybe, maybe they're exaggerated. There wouldn't be that much left over. So... <laughs> And, and again, John has been somebody that uh, has been, you know, so, so steady and so solid, a great father, a great son, a great brother, and uh, somebody that I really admire. I, uh, I know John is, you know, has made uh, a lot of, of progress in his life, but he's somebody that has so much potential and has, has always been somebody that tries to achieve in, in everything he does. And I'm still looking forward to this musical that he wrote because Sam's was just incredible. And if, it, and if we can get you know that going, that would be great too. That's all yeah. I had that I can think of. That's good. Uh, thanks, Dad. Um, uh, go, Nate. Okay. Um, as I thought about uh, memories and experiences I had with John, you know, at first I was like, boy, we were so far apart. We, I probably can't think of any, but, you know, as I thought of things, I think a lot came up and some of these probably are other memories that other people will talk about. But um, one of the earliest memories I have of John is he was uh, the storyteller. When we would go get ready for bed at night, Kevin and I would go and it seems like all the time he would tell us stories. And maybe it wasn't, maybe it was just a few times that really kind of just uh, stuck in my brain. Um, but we loved hearing stories from John. He was an amazing storyteller. Um, I can tell you the names of some of these stories and I could probably retell them to you. They were that engrossing and, and, and just good. You know, there was the tunnels. There was a story, you pick it, you eat it. Uh, PlayStation 2000. Um, and again, those are the ones I can think of. And I could probably tell you what they were just because he was that good of a storyteller he could really just paint the picture in your mind for you um, just give a quick 10 second synopsis of you pick it you eat it 
<laughs> okay, so there's these kids, and they're exploring this old like warehouse, and they get into this room in this warehouse, and there's this big fat guy with this huge like potbelly stove, and he's he's making all this food, and they go up to him, and they they you know they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I can make whatever you want, but if you pick it, you eat it. So like this guy, they can tell him any food they want, and then he can make it, but he like makes them eat it. If he doesn't, then like something bad happens. I think he like eats them or kills them or something like that. <laughs> that's you pick it you eat it so <laughs> sounds good yeah um some other memories i have we would go and visit him in provo while he was in school uh and i remember one time we were over there it was me and kevin and i don't know who else somebody had to drive i guess but uh we like stayed up all night with him just like goofing around listening to music and then we were playing like old playstation games um and again i wish john was on here because he's probably the only one that would think this is funny but we played this game called toy pop and we beat the entire thing it took us like three hours and we were joking about that and then he would always make levels in tony hawk too and one of them was called grandma saggy boobs and i don't remember the level that well but it was a good one um he was one of the founding members of Herman L, which was a super fun memory. And that's one that all of us could talk about that were a part of that. Um, but he was kind of the lifeblood of it. A lot of the songs, I think, originated from him and, and Sam. Um, there was a time when John and I, I think I was in law school, that I was trying to find kind of a creative outlet. And so we would write stories back and forth. We'd write a couple pages send it to the person and then they'd write the next couple of pages. And we did that for a while. Um, I don't think it ever got to the point where we had, you know, a whole lot, but, but it was fun just to kind of see John's creative writing process. Cause he was actually a really good writer as well. I know he's written some short stories that he shared with me and hopefully uh, he can find those and share those. Cause they were really, they were really cool to, to read. Um, I, I don't know where any of them are. I know he sent them to me and maybe I can try to track them down. Um, Going back to another memory of when I was a kid, I was kind of uh, John's subject of a lot of his old videos. You know, I'm sure a lot of us remember the stupid, ugly and fat video where John would kind of just like write these songs and record me and I'd be like lip syncing uh, stupid, ugly and fat. And uh, the only thing he wears is green. So that was fun. I mean, that's probably why I don't have any self-esteem now. Um, you know, but I don't know. I think John just knew that I kind of wanted to be a part of that and wanted to kind of be involved. And so I debased myself and he'd kind of let me do that. Um, the last memory that I wrote down, uh, John lived in Evanston uh, a few years before Heather and I and our family moved there. Um, I can't remember exactly when the dates, but it wasn't too many years that he had moved that we actually moved there. And I'm not kidding, probably on a monthly basis, someone would come up to me and say, oh, you're John, or, you know, they'd mistake John for me. And, they, and they'd always kind of have this weird look on their face where they're like, did you get a little bit shorter and a little uglier? Because, John, you look terrible. <laughs> uh, but no, like a lot of people would either mistake me for John or be like, oh, you have to be John's brother. Um, but, but really, every person I met, basically nothing but good to say about John um, from Evanston. So he kind of paved the way for me to come into Evanston and kind of just rule the roost right out of the gate. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the only ones I could think of. I mean, I, I could probably come up with more just because John, 
for whatever reason was willing to kind of give Kevin and me the time of day. Like he uh, would, and maybe not always willingly, but we probably just bugged him enough that like we wanted to go and like be in his room and watch him do things, even if he was just like sitting and drawing. Um, and he let us do it. He'd kind of just suffer having his two annoying younger brothers come in and, and do that. So, um, yeah, John, John was always fun to be around. He was the cool brother and, uh, that's, that's what I've got. Okay. Awesome. Um, I'll go now <clears throat> instead of the next one. Um, and I probably, you know, I have tons of memories of John and, and, um, but he was, he was always a little bit quiet. Um, and, um, but always like thinking and he was, he's super creative. Like he would always have these interesting ideas. And, um, the other thing about John is it seems like he always like had a job, like <clears throat> he worked at the beanery. He worked at Baskin Robbins. He did. He always, he always, and he saved his money and he was like smart with money and he was like super industrious too. You guys may not know this, but like when he was in junior high, he would go buy like gum in bulk, like these little pieces of gum. And, uh, you know, he'd get like $10 worth of gum and sell them for like a quarter each and make like $25 selling gum. Um, but he, he was, he was always kind of, kind of frugal. Um, <clears throat> and Nate, you kind of mentioned the videos. Um, you know, that's, that's a big piece. And, and, you know, I wonder sometimes I think about like memories and we have these, a lot of our memories are based on like, like pictures and, and video. And so we have these amazing videos and John would always like have ideas and he was super creative. And, and, um, the, but the other thing I, I remember about John is, um, you know, he, he played the drums and it's interesting because he worked really hard. Like he practiced a lot. Like he would spend like hours in the basement, uh, just working on like drum beats and being able to figure out how to do different things. And he was like really, really, really good. He was a really good drummer. And that did, didn't, he didn't just roll out of bed one day and become a really good drummer. He worked really hard at it. Um, another kind of thing. It was funny. Cause I, I think John was always kind of too cool for like sunshine generation. But he, I think part of him liked it too. John's kind of a performer. He kind of likes being on, on stage. <clears throat> um, and, uh, and John's just, John's probably like the coolest of all of us. Like he doesn't like, he's just like a cool guy. Like I remember when I was on my mission, we got, the mom would send pictures. And, and uh, I remember this very distinctly, this one picture, John was like kneeling on the ground. I don't know who took this picture but he had a goatee and he had his long hair and he like literally looked like the coolest guy that like, I would show my friends, my like mission people, this picture and be like, yeah, that's my brother. Be like, wow. He's, he looks like a really cool guy. He's like way handsomer than you. And he looks way cooler than you. Um, uh, but he was like kneeling in front of like these speakers and he had like a John Lennon poster on the wall. And he, he always, that's the other thing about John. He always, has these great like recommendations in music like he got music and he like started learning about music long before i ever like that's why i say he was like way cooler than me and way cooler than any of us probably like he would know bands and he would know before it was you know i don't know where he got this knowledge must have read or something but or from friends but the other thing about john is 
you know, I talked about Sunshine Generation, but like in Plainsman Singers, you know, Kristen and I kind of recruited people to join Plainsman Singers because choir, you know, when we started, I was in the ninth grade when I started in choir and it was like not a cool thing to do, but we like recruited a bunch of our friends and got them to do it. But John like recruit recruited like the coolest kids in the school, like the football players and like the really good basketball players. And, and they were good. And John, John's like, like um, guys groups were not just really good, like listening to them sing, but they were like the coolest kids at school. John had a really cool like group of friends in high school. Um, and uh, yeah, he always, he was just always, you know, just like a, a cool guy. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, John and I have always been really close and uh, you know, I remember, I think I may have mentioned this when we talked about the Mexico podcast, there's something, there's some weird security that I feel. And that I felt even then, like in having John um, and, and I remember, uh, this is dumb. Uh, I remember when he went to Mexico, just feeling, um, just feeling like that emptiness or feeling like, you know, cause he was always doing stuff. He was always, and, and he was just gone and, and, you know, we didn't have cell phones and we didn't have ways to communicate. Um, but, you know, throughout our lives, we've always, you know, just stayed close and, and, um, and I appreciate that. So, um, yeah, lots of great memories. John's amazing. He's the best brother. That's you guys. Are brother. Easily. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I think Nate, Kristen, Dad, you guys can probably sign Hold off. On. I've got a couple more add-ons oh, yeah. that I thought about while you're talking. Um, no. John took me to my first ever concert. It was a Weezer concert in Salt Lake, I think. And it was awesome. And it was even cooler because like near the end, like maybe with like 30 minutes left, John like snuck us down to like the floor and it was like a mosh pit. It was awesome. And I was like 16. <laughs> So it was so cool. And that's just like, John just made things like that happen. And then the other thing, I don't know if anybody else is going to talk about this. So I have to bring it up. His flash cartoons were like oh, yeah. grotesque and horrible <laughs> and hilarious and perfect. And I don't know if any of those are survived. And I don't think maybe there's better left buried. <laughs> but He's done some recent ones, Nate, that he sent. And I think Aiden did the voiceover. So he has some recent ones okay. that he's done. We'll okay. have to. I'm post those. I'm glad those are those are the legacies enduring. But yeah, I just his flash cartoons were, you know, again, kind of uh, ahead of their time in a lot of ways. Uh, so those were good. I can think of some of the the best ones. You know, the yeah. Taco Bell one was pretty epic, but classic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I wonder if I those just, are still exist somewhere. They've got I to hope exist so. somewhere. I hope I mean, that's the thing. It's hard, you know, with digital media, it's just hard to keep track of those kind of things. We were talking today about the racquetballer and yeah. whether that exists, but we've got to find ways to preserve these pieces of history, you know, so that, you know, we look at all these old timey photos from the 1800s and we're like, these guys suck. They're boring. Like we have cool stuff to show our uh, <laughs> future generations. Yeah. These pioneers who like lost their Suffered. children on the prairie, they were dumb. They were lame. <laughs> so boring <laughs> show me a picture of a taco bell worker licking a bean spoon or something <laughs> yeah, we're pretty all funny. right nate um 
Kristen, dad, anything else before we move over to the next group? Um, I, I'm curious to know whether or not John still has the garbage pail kids cards. Oh yeah. Probably. Do you remember those? Oh, I do. Yeah. Those are worth a lot of money. He had comic you books. Remember how he I think mom threw those? all of his comic books away and it was probably like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of comics because of yeah. the rarity. Nate and I always tried to steal them, but we never yeah. figured out the combinations. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was always collecting stuff. But all right. We'll see you guys later. All right. Yep, bye. I love guys. you. Bye. Love you. See ya. Bye. All right. So we are back on and uh we'll go uh ladies first and since mom is the lady. grandest lady of them all <laughs> go ahead mom talking okay. talking about memories of john okay um john was my third child uh almost three kids in three years and he you know i look back at john and it was almost like john raised himself the first thing i remember is that he sucked his thumb and he was a severe thumb sucker. He had to have braces because of it. But he would just kind of go somewhere and just like suck his thumb and be happy. And I had three kids, so I was glad that I didn't have to worry about John. And he just kind of did his own thing. He was just kind of a loner and did his own thing. He was really a good baby um, and a pretty easy kid to raise, really a pretty easy kid to raise. John had changed his own diapers, didn't he? Yeah, most of the time. Joseph, yeah. you just interrupted. Through the no. day. <laughs> Dang it. Hey, hey, I don't know if this is going to be one of your memories. Um, but what? But remember when he fell out of the car? Oh, yes. <laughs> I do need to talk. So Which time, in those Sam? days, there weren't seatbelts. We didn't have seatbelts. <laughs> there I, we there were seatbelts. I was driving home from They were not widely used. <laughs> well, they were not widely used. I don't think we even had them. I don't know. Maybe we did. But you were the seats seat were out of the car. Way. There were no seats in the car. It was you one of those times when we pulled all the Utah and I throw a, a mattress. A mattress in the back and go all the way. No, it's when we, when we drove days. all the way to California and dad built a bed in the back. So we had like one bench seat and then this yeah. platform bed in the back with all the luggage underneath. And I would climb under there because it was actually the one cool place in the car, like cool as in cold. <laughs> And when you'd run yeah. into the uh, water-filled uh, construction cones, we'd all slam into each other in the back of the seat. <laughs> I another actually, story for I another actually day, remember Joseph. laying in the back of the van, just laying there, driving and staring up at the ceiling and being like, you know what? It would be so amazing if there was like a TV that we could watch. The trip would go by <laughs> so fast. Nowadays, if there, I could just, there is a TV. Yeah, everybody's watch. watching a different show on their own device. And it's just these spoiled old brats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. Anyway, I they don't was know how driving hard home it was. from church. Here's the story. <laughs> driving home from church, John was sitting in the front seat. Somebody hadn't closed the door. And I turned a corner and out he went. And I, and it was, I don't know how busy the street it was. I don't remember. But I just remember slamming on my brakes. And by the time I got to him, I was shaking, literally shaking, picked him up. His whole front of his face was skinned. Oh his nose clear down was skinned. I think his elbows might've been skinned. He was probably what, Joe, two, maybe two years old, maybe not that old. He was baby he, and out he went. He could have been killed very easily. And, uh, and because of his mother, who wasn't a very good mother, he could have been killed, but he wasn't. So, so, so mom, how far did you drive? with the door open was it all the way open or did, was it just like not closed and it no, swung it open wasn't closed so as i so turned it was, the corner it was mostly closed it just wasn't right it was mostly closed. Like, I'm, in, 
I'm picturing in my mind the door is like wide open and you're just like driving along. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no. Or maybe like the a minivan sliding. I door didn't or know it wasn't closed, Joseph. And so as I turned the corner, it <clears throat> swung open and out he went. So it See, was pretty. John told me. me. John told me that uh, you noticed. You know how you get an indicator light on your car that says your door's not completely closed. Oh, you no. said, no, John, no, no, you no. need to, Those John, you need to open the door and close it. And he was like, I was only two. I didn't know that if I opened that door, I'd go flying out. And mom was going 45 miles an hour. So. I was going probably 20. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you guys just. Uh, Revisionist history. That's what add, we call this. Add stuff to my stories. We anyway, add flavor. Okay. You do, which is fine. Uh, John would make up stories. He would. One time for a week, he dressed in green because he was something green. Every Peter day Pan. he was in green. It might have been Peter Pan. <laughs> I don't remember. But he was always, always um, telling stories and doing movies and making stuff up. And he had a fantastic imagination. And I think, you know, his kids would tell you that he's the kind of dad that just is always doing stuff with them that's crazy and fun. And, and that's just John. Uh, the Mazatlan experience was a major um, uh, disaster in my life. And uh, the, the thing I remember most about that, you know, it was my idea to send him because they, we wanted to put him back a grade and they wouldn't. So we, I had a friend in Mazatlan and we sent him there. And the thing I remember the very most was the first time they called us and let John talk to us. And he was sobbing. He was crying. He says, Mom, I just, I just want to come home. And I said, well, you know, John, you can't come home yet. You just can't come home. And it broke my heart. It was really, really, really hard. And, you know, to this day, wish we hadn't done it. Wish we hadn't sent him. Although, you know, I talked to John recently and he said, you know, Mom, I learned a lot. He, he came back fluent in Spanish. And, um, and I think when he went on his mission back to Chile or to Chile, I think he, he did well because he'd had that basic Spanish training as a young boy. And I think it came back to him. So I have felt very guilty about Mazatlan. You don't even have to try and make me feel more guilty because it was a bad experience. Traumatized him for life. Probably. You know, I, I recently I, listened to the, uh, the podcast episode about, about him going to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And um, if for anybody who's, you know, hasn't listened to that in a while, go back and listen to it because yeah, mom, you say like it was a big mistake and or you like, you feel like guilty or bad about it. But yeah, John's perspective was, it was a growing time. It was hard. He doesn't try and yeah. like, sugarcoat it, but yeah, but he, he's, it's funny. One of the funniest things about that podcast is like, if I had it to do again, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have gone. He's like, it was really hard, but no, he, he does, you know, he definitely gives an awesome perspective about what that was like. So go back and listen to that episode. Cause it's awesome. It's really, yeah. really good. I think another thing about John is he's probably my most handsome son. He was always just a really, really handsome kid. And you realize uh, you have three hey, sons yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're Jeez. right here, Mom. Can, you're all Cass, handsome. Cass, we can, go. We can you hear what you're saying. Handsome. Okay, I'm taking my shirt Cassie, off. Hold on a second. Up. Just a second. <laughs> you guys look at this. 
All right, I think mom's John right. probably take the shirt off and beat you. But anyway, um, <laughs> he did several times as a kid. I'm going to tell that story. <laughs> she didn't um, mean beat you like beat you up. She meant beat you in a handsome contest. But he did take his shirt off and beat you. Up. John is going to I know what she meant. Like, John's been working out. He looks better than all of you right now. He was I remember waiting. a bunch of times when John took his shirt off and beat me. <laughs> be uh, now anyway, and forever. Sam and John, I remember growing up, were always friends. It was the two of them doing everything together. And it was kind of neat because my boys came in twos. And that gave them somebody to hang out with and somebody to do things with. And I think that really made a difference. Um, one other very painful experience for me was when Kristen was ready to go on her mission, we took her to the temple and we chose, I don't know why we did it on this day. I don't remember, but it was the day that John played his game to see if his basketball team would go to state and they lost that game. Mm. And I remember getting, he called us on the phone and again, he was so, so devastated, so so hurt and if i could do it again i would have gone to that game i would have been there to support him um that was really painful for me and painful for him that he did not get to go to state he was a great athlete john was a, and maybe you've talked about you, know, you talked about his heart surgery right um best athlete but, of all the boys in yeah, for sure <laughs> <laughs> he was the handsomest <laughs> best athlete let's see what else can i say um he is Definitely a great dad. I've, I've watched John. He's been a single dad and he's done a great job. You know, the fact that both of his kids have ended up wanting to live with him, I think says a lot for John. He's hard on him. I think he loses his temper sometimes with him, but he's also very loving and very supportive. And, you know, I, I think Grant and him are best friends. And I think that's really something that I think all my sons are great dads, but I do think John is a, a super good dad. He's probably the best. Um, yeah, he's the, the best. best by far <laughs> of all your boys. John's. Can I go on? <laughs> yeah, tell us John's all, all the other ways that John's better than us. Yeah, do. Really yeah and we'll just be, you just keep going. Does John have the lowest self-esteem or something? Is that what no, we're highest of all of her boys? Of all of her boys, he has the highest self-esteem. <laughs> he's the tallest and he's the best looking kid. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, no, I think John's had some heartache in his life, and but I think he's come through it and um and I'm 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 proud of all my boys, but I'm most proud of John. <laughs> Okay, all right well that's that was fun i love you guys that was my podcast to listen to mom just dropped the mic she's gone <laughs> i can't wait to hear what she has to say about she actually wrote kids. that in her notes by the way she read that she's like i'm proudest, proud of all my boys but i'm most proud of john and it was gonna be you know but, yeah. You guys well, really, well, I think, okay. Anyway, that is that and is I too. Love John's John the most. graduated from BYU, so <laughs> we know who's the favorite now. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Thanks, mom. That was awesome. Um, Cass, my turn, yes. Okay, so I wrote down a few. Um, my earliest memories of John are him reading Stephen King books to Nathan and I. <laughs> He used to read us like these scary books and you, he read them to you. How old were you? We were, I think I was like second, third grade. So <laughs> it's super inappropriate. 
But like, yes. we thought it was so cool because he was reading these, like, and I would probably have nightmares after he was reading these books to us. But any time that we got to spend with Sam or Don, like, we always thought it was like the best time ever because they never really had a lot of time for us. And if they did have time for us, it was like usually beating us up or spanking, <laughs> trying to get us away from them. So I just remember specifically him reading Stephen King books to Nate and I. Mm-hmm. And Nathan actually last, um, just recently talked about the Weezer concert. And I was just recently talking to Kevin, I think, about, because I love concerts. And that was like, hands down, one of my favorite concerts that we went to because we did. Like at the end, we were like, this is, we had crappy seats. They weren't crappy, but they weren't great. And so John, John was like, let's, let's go down. And after we got down there, it was just such a blast. And just to go to Weezer in general, it was just like, monumental thing for our family because we all loved Weezer and so yeah that that was a great great concert and I remember uh I I I forgot that John took us to be honest so when Nathan said it I was like oh yeah it wasn't it was in Utah and then I mean while I was in Utah um dating Chris I had a bad breakup with him and he let me like live on his couch for a little bit while I was getting my CNA and so I I feel like John uh helped me out in that situation and then a few years later after he um was moving to, I think to shot he moved to Evanston he actually spent the summer on my couch so it was like we uh transferred you know couches in this in a sense and I I don't know if he liked spending time on my couch per se but like I remember having just the time of my life having his kids over and us hanging out and I, again I I look back at the, those times very fondly and and again John would play his music he was always you know writing songs and so I would get to hear all of his new renditions that he would make and he has a really really cool songs that he's written and so anytime I got to hear him play it was always just a treat so that was something that I I remember John and and just really looking back and thinking like those were really good memories and again probably not for him but I, I absolutely loved it when he stayed at my house. Um, and then I also remember, let's see, there's two other things. I remember when he was in a band and his band would practice downstairs. And like, I remember going in one time and I was like, it was just loud and kind of like, I couldn't really understand what they were saying because they were kind of screaming. And I remember specifically saying to him, I'm like, are you speaking Chinese? Is this like a Chinese band? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> he, just, he just laughed. Like, he had a was couple Chinese songs. Was that down songs. in the studio? <laughs> was, was that down in the studio? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was I, was, I remember that too. And I, I specifically thought it was like a Chinese band. I don't know why. I was a dumb kid, but I was like, you're speaking Chinese, aren't you? <laughs> He's like, you're an idiot. But, um, and then... I remember the last thing I remember is John was, like I said, you and Sam, you, John and Sam were kind of did their own thing. And so when we did spend time with him, he kind of was like, get away. Like, don't, don't annoy me. But I remember when he got back from his mission, he was so sweet. He was just, it felt like he was a different person. And like, he just had this aura about him where he was just like this happy guy. And he was so complimentary to me, which was new to me so I, I just remember him being so nice to me when he got back off of his mission his mission and the last thing I thought was cool is I, I mean I've gotten to spend a lot of time with John because he moved to Utah and I went through a hard time after having Avery and had really bad postpartum depression and 
he contacted me and was like, come do yoga with me. And I had never actually done like a lot of yoga before. And so I was like, okay, whatever. And I, for probably months, we would go to the rec center and we'd meet at the rec center and we'd do yoga together. And that was like my time with John because he's super busy. And like, as a single dad, he, most of his time goes to his kids, but he put in that time when I, you know, I needed him. And it was really just a cool experience. And I'll always, I'll always have yoga because of him. And so, yeah, John has a lot of meaning um, to me, at least because he's been there in times that I've needed him. Sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional, but. That's Especially okay. about yoga, geez. I know. <laughs> no, but it really did. It was. It, he's not the type to like be super emotional with you, but he's been. He's there for you if you need him. And so you know, I don't have a lot of family here. I have Cody and John now, and so it was nice that he was there for me when I really needed someone. I needed family, you know, because yeah. you guys are all kind of far away, and so he. I think he took that on. And it was, it was a really good experience for me. I, I didn't know any of that. That's cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and uh, just, just so you know, D Daniel and Kinsey are your family too. Oh yeah. They're here now too. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm just trying to light the mood cool. a little like, bit. I didn't realize how awesome Kinsey was. Like Daniel's awesome <laughs> always. And he, all of their music is incredible to me, but like I got to spend time with Kinsey and I was like, she's like super cool. I hope yeah. she wants to be friends with me. <laughs> she's like one of those, like, can, can we be friends? <laughs> I didn't realize right. how cool they were. So good job, Sam. Cass, that was, that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. We'll go PJ next and then Joe's, if you can finish this up. PJ. It's kind of funny that Cassie said that John's not emotional. I think he's probably one of the more emotional brothers that there are. It made me think of this last. Would you um, say he's the most reunion. emotional? Mom would say he's the most emotional. By far brother. the most he's, emotional. Well, he's the best. He's the best at being <laughs> emotional by far. <laughs> but it, it reminded me of this, the family reunion uh, when, when I played the guitar for Ephraim and he sang and John was like crying in the, in the back, you know? And so it's funny. I, 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 was thinking I should brought I should have brought Ethan on this podcast because he's always had this like fascination and, and love for John. Like, is, is Uncle John coming? Is John gonna be there? Hey, hey John, and it's been, it's it's just funny because like he's got this attachment to John and and at this family reunion when he was seeing that and like that I don't know it kind of came out a little bit there too. But um, I can remember it being at a basketball game one time, uh, and I, I don't remember who I think we have a video of it somewhere, but uh, who they were playing. But John like took over and, and I don't know that he did that much, but the crowd started chanting Shumway and it's the only time in my, like watching Sam, Joseph, me, Nathan, Kevin, anybody where the entire crowd started chanting Shumway, Shumway, Shumway. And he's like, <laughs> he's going nuts. It was, it was awesome. It was like this amazing mo moment for, you know, for him, that was kind of his focus this senior year was basketball. Right. And so I think it was, it was, it was a cool moment. Another time was PJ. Uh, can I share a quick basketball moment that I just remembered when yeah. you were talking about that? Um, yep. When I was playing, John was a John was a sophomore when I was a senior, and so um, but I I remember him being in the stands, and he would do this, and it was so I I really loved it. Um, but like if I would like make a shot or do something good, he'd like that's my brother, like really loud <laughs> from the stands, and it was just such a like you know because it's goofy and cheesy but he would yell that's my brother 
that's so anyway, my brother you know it was kind of like a goofy way but um it was <laughs> it was always cool so go ahead pj another well it's just another basketball memories there was a i don't know it was a summer and john had figured out a way i don't want to say to break into but i'll say it to break into slade school and I think his excuse was like there was a door that was left open or something. And so we would go down and there were a couple of times where he brought me with him and we went to the gym there and we were playing basketball. And I, I can remember that. Well, one thing he figured also figured out, I don't, I don't want to say he figured out how to break the, the pop machine, but he broke the pop machine. And like, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else remembers, but he got like a bunch of pops from Slade school, but that's besides the point. Uh, but we were playing basketball and just like shooting around and, uh, John said, you know, PJ, you're, you're actually kind of a cool kid. And I don't think he realized, like, he's the senior, right? And I, I'm probably seventh grade. What would I have been? Senior? Maybe he was younger, junior, something like that. And I was just this dorky little, you know, kid. And what that meant to me is, as a person, you know, for my big brother to say that to me was, was just so huge. And I'm sure he doesn't even realize it. But, you know, to just be us two there playing basketball in this little grade school jam and to, to say that was such you know and, and john does that a lot like he'll compliment you and kind of blindside you with it <laughs> but it's it's so <laughs> meaningful you know um and, and and so that was like huge for me another thing is I, he's actually like the reason i ran hurdles in high school is because he did that and so that's something i did so i, I don't and i'm sure he doesn't realize the influence he had on a lot, a lot of us uh like with his music and with his stories and his artwork and and sports and all those things but he had such a kind of a quiet impact on my life and on, on uh, I think all of our lives. And the last thing is, is, you know, he was probably the, the one of us that was good with the ladies. We were at the BYU basketball camp and he was, he was and his friends. Some, for some reason I was there with him That's and they were sitting the there talking <laughs> best with the ladies, <laughs> but these girls came up and he's like talking to him. He's like, yeah. In high school, yeah, I was I was the top of my class with the breaststroke. <laughs> and like, he <laughs> used that line at BYU. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at BYU basketball camp. But the, the funny thing is, like, no, but I'm serious. Like in, in, in PE, I was the I was the top. So I still to this day don't know if he was being serious or if he was like trying to use that as a pickup line. Um, well, but John, well, like, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but John, like again he's he's got this like quiet personality but is is very influential and and like awesome in so many ways probably the best of being quiet but you know also the best of being very out there yeah i have one more memory sam just yeah. you don't have to put this in uh Cass, if you don't want to but i want to share it with you guys you know you were on your mission when i was pregnant with cody and john was a senior uh -huh. i think he was a senior and when he found out, he was furious. He was livid with me. And he came to me and he said, you do realize you're too old. And I remember it clearly. He says, you're too old to have a baby. And I said, John, there's nothing I can do about it now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to have this baby. And then, you know, when I had, he, he wasn't on his mission when I had uh, Cody. And it must, he must have been a junior going into his senior year because all of his senior year um so many days so many days he would come home and she was a, a newborn baby or one month or two months and he would lay down with her and snuggle up with her and they would sleep together for an hour after school or 
whatever, you know. And I remember John was just so tender and so sweet with her. And so the attitude was so changed once that baby got here that it was it was remarkable to me because he started out being really angry about it and he ended up being very, very loving towards her. He would, after basketball games, he'd throw her on his shoulders and take off with his friends and and she would, you know, she she adored John. So, you know, I thought that was just really telling of, of kind of how John was just pretty tender hearted. And I think he does come off as this like hard person, but in yeah. reality, he's just, you know, so hearted, just kind, kind person. Yeah. Yep. My kids I actually remember that. that mom, when, when, when you guys kind of had a blow up, I was in junior high and I remember thinking, why is he even mad? That's weird. <laughs> Like he should be so excited. Like why, yeah. why does he even care? And it was like a Saturday's warrior moment or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to repopulate the whole world, mom. mom yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I do. I, I, I do remember him being mad. And I remember just thinking like, this is weird. Why would he, why would he be mad at all? And I, you know, I was, you know, just thinking that it was exciting and weird. I was like, there's no yeah. reason to be upset, but yeah. But he changed, you know, after yeah. she came and he was really, really taken with Cody. So it was neat. It was really neat. So, okay. I well, thanks. remember he was, he like drums on most kids. Like most mm-hmm. uh, of my kids are really good <laughs> with the drums now. No, yeah, he like always cool. had like, he would always be like beating. Oh, drumming <laughs> on something. Drumming oh, on yeah. something. Or drumming oh, yeah. on and it wasn't just like drumming. It was like. He's really, really good with intricate kids. beats like, and yeah. like real yeah. drums. He'd like yeah. hit him on the head, hit him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> he's always like really fun with kids. And that's probably why Ephraim likes him because he's just good with the little ones. Well, and Avery loves him too. Oh, she looks out. Yeah. She loves John. So mm-hmm. anyway. Because he's so handsome. That's why. Probably because he's the most handsome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Joseph. <clears throat> So has anybody talked about his beatboxing skills? Because he's a great drummer, but he also like was pretty, I, I'm, and maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not sure how, what a really good beatboxer is, but I just remember always being super impressed with his abilities to, to make beats with his mouth. But yeah, it was, it was mentioned. Good, good. So um, I kind of talked about this when we were doing your episode, Sam, but you know, early childhood memories of John were, sort of intimidating uh we we had to kind of stay out of the way and he i remember would be um he would get really upset at at losing at video games and and uh you know to the point where it'd become like physical and we pj and i would ask if we could stand at the door do you remember this pj can we just stand at the door and watch you play and (laughs) (laughs) and then if he would lose it was our fault because we were watching (laughs) <laughs> the game they slammed and, the door uh, yeah and so yeah then he'd shut the door and be mad because we still wanted to watch him play nintendo but but we didn't want it was our fault that he lost but um so yeah that was just you know kind of some early memory torment that happened there but um you know as as we got older john was just the kind of brother and the, the kind of person that I, I again looked up to and just saw the creativity that he had he would write stories and i'm sure probably other people talked about this but i remember reading one story he wrote about like the apocalypse and this guy that was living underground and uh he would go into pretty pretty good detail about 
you know, what that might have been like. And his imagination was just incredible. So it was, it was always interesting and fun to, to be around John just cause he was super creative. Um, so yeah, I, one thing that, um, that I remember is as I, as we got older, when I turned 16, um, John, I think it was when I turned 16, but John came to me, he was like near or on my birthday. He's like, Hey, we got to go do something. He's like, jump in the car with me. So we just, the two of us went and, uh, and he's like, we're, we got to go do, uh, there's this rite of passage for when you turn 16, when you start driving, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, here, we got to go. And so we go and he drove us to Hardy's. Um, and, uh, we went into Hardy's and he went in there and he ordered us both a mushroom and Swiss burger. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, this is you, this is, you have to eat this mushroom Swiss burger as, as part of your rite of passage in turning 16. <laughs> and I remember like thinking, this is really weird, but it was, it was a good burger. I really liked it. And it was just kind of a dumb, but, but special moment. And so, and I think I tried to pass that down, right? PJ, did I do you for your mushroom yep. Swiss when you were 16? You did, and so yeah. I don't remember, Sam, did you start that tradition or yeah, did John? Just I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's uh, John and I started. And I don't think it was like intentional, but it, we were like sort of joking. We went to Hardy's and he had just turned 16 or something. And I was like, yeah, this is a, this is how you become a man by eating a Hardy's yeah. and a Swiss burger um, <laughs> with your brother or something like that. So um, yeah, it's but sort it was of like, like those, you know how the native Americans used to go out into the, into the wilderness, the walkabout, like, yeah. Yeah. Walkabout, yeah, yeah. like, or hang themselves from like the, the pole from, from their, 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 their skin. Yeah. Skin. Yeah. Same yeah. Thing. The same thing. Yeah. It's basically the same yeah. thing. Similar Did, type, uh, uh, type thing. Kevin and Nathan get that same same treatment because I know I didn't get a mushroom and Swiss burger. Well, but you I'm don't Nathan. have the you you never become a man, Cass. Nathan did did receive a mushroom Swiss burger at Hardy's. Yes. And then it, what about Kevin? Hardy's was gone by then or something. I don't know. That that wasn't my responsibility. So oh, we'll yeah, have to we'll have to check with Love Nathan on that one. I know. But. No, that was, you know, sort of a, a funny but silly thing, but it, it, it was memorable to me because I remember, you know, that was at a you know, time when we were trying to kind of figure out, I think, the dynamic there. And we were, we were, you know, certainly friends, but he was, he had kind of his group and I wasn't, I didn't really fit in, I guess, in the, in the like cool world of John, but it was a moment where I felt really accepted by him. It was, it hey, was did awesome. you, did you do the watch at the MTC with him too? Did he leave the watch? Uh, that's what I was who, start, who started the watch tradition? I don't know. He gave, he gave me the mission. So he gave I, me the watch, but it stopped working. So I think I got the watch when I was in Argentina. I think I gave when it to you John on. when he, not in the MDC, oh. when he left for Chile, maybe. But yeah. Didn't, yeah. didn't didn't somebody <laughs> leave it in the mission in the MTC or something? No, Joseph left like notes in one right. of the rooms and gave it to me. I think I left notes for Nathan. Okay. Oh. I gave him yeah, John, the watch too, but he, I think that died with Nathan as well. That all you yeah, know, all traditions <laughs> die with Nathan. <laughs> but yeah, John did give me the watch, but when yeah, he gave it to me, it yeah. didn't work. He's probably mom. Like, would so you say he's the worst of your boys? Probably the worst. Yeah, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> yeah, I I I got it work. I wore it on my mission, so it had to. Work. Did you wear it and get it working? You, you must have. No, you probably just changed the battery. I, I just switched the battery out, Joseph. That. that was why it wasn't working. Yeah, so I wound it back up. Yeah. But no, one of my, actually, one of my other memories <clears throat> is when I was in the MTC for my mission in Provo and John was going to school at BYU at that time, or maybe UVSC at that. Um, but anyway, he was there and um, he came to, <laughs> he snuck into the MTC. 
he wore uh, his missionary badge and a suit and snuck into the MTC because he wanted to, he had a package that, that I think mom and dad had sent, or maybe he just put one together and he snuck into the MTC to come see me. And he like found out where my room was and came up and, um, and like knocked on the door to my room. And when he did that, I was dead asleep on the top bunk in the, in my room and my companions like idiots didn't even wake me up. Like I slept and, and yeah. And so John brought this package and, um, and I was asleep. And, um, and so then I wake up later and they and my companions and my roommates were like, Hey, you're somebody came to see you. He said it was your brother. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why didn't you wake me up? Why didn't? And, and so John, I, I like, John figured Joe's would be up at 10, you know, but he was still sleeping. No, it was like, it was like the middle, it was like a Saturday in the middle of the day. And I just like, it was an idiot to yeah. nap. Anyway, I felt. <laughs> I felt so bad because I was, you know how it's like in the MTC, any contact with like family members, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Uh, And I like, I was so sad that I didn't get to talk talk to him. And anyway, John like wrote me later and he's like, hey, I just, you know, I figured I didn't want to, you know, cause you to get in trouble or something. I don't remember, but I was so, I was so mad because I, I could have seen him at the MTC, but I thought it was pretty cool that he snuck in and. And like had to get her around and 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 bring me that package. So it was pretty, pretty cool thing. So he, he brought me a package too, and he actually dressed up as like a, a sister missionary. A yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like he had like a work suit, and he came in and brought me a package too. But I don't. Did remember you see? If him? I did you get to, to talk to him? No, I don't. I don't remember if I did or not. I don't think I did. I think we weren't there when he came. Huh. But yeah, he left a package for me too. Yeah, no, he came to my door and my roommates talked, like, got to see him and, and talk to him, but I, did, I didn't because I was taking a nap. Now they're showing so, sleep and we don't want to disturb yeah, him. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then uh, rewinding a little bit to pre-mission, like, I was in high school. John must have been back from his mission because I was, like, a senior. And there was one time where he's like, hey, do you want to go, like, hang out? There's some, There's this party. And I was like, Yes. Yes, I do. And so <laughs> we went to this, I, they must've been like the college age girls house. And he brought me this like high school, skinny high school kid with him. And they were in a hot tub and John's like, let's go get swimming suits. <laughs> and so we went and like, we got in the hot tub with these like really cute uh, older girls that were his, his age or maybe a little bit older. And we were just like hanging out and and chilling with these these once again the most handsome brother can do these t- kinds know. of things um but <laughs> no he I practicing remember... his breaststroke in the hot tub if you know what i mean oh yeah vigorously <laughs> <laughs> no as i recall it, it it stayed very pg maybe pg 13 because of swimming suits but no i mean it, but i just remember thinking like this is a world that I don't even recognize because it was just like <laughs> one of the, one of the coolest moments to be able to go and like hang out in the, in the, you know, cool world of John Shumway and like hang out with, with people that were older and just like super hot girls. But um, the other thing, you know, on my mission, John wrote me all the time. I think he remembered being on his mission and he remembered like how important it was to receive letters from home. And so he was, like really faithful. And actually I, the, recently I scanned letters, all the letters that I had that I kept from John. Cause I kept almost all the letters that I received from people. I have them in, in uh, like little folders, but the ones I had from John, I scanned them all in. Cause I was like, 
I need to keep these digitally. And I sent, I shared the Google Drive document with him. And one of the ones, <laughs> one of the letters he sent me was a picture. I, I mean, you can see it if I put it up to the screen. It was a picture of a girl. And it reads, he says, it's this picture of a girl. It's just her face. and says, Joseph, you are so handsome. You like girls, not boys. Look at me. I'm a blonde American hottie. You can hang my picture on your wall because it's not dirty. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. Like just little stupid stuff like that. And he would send me, you know, like just funny messages. And I remember every time I got like a letter or mail from John, I was so excited to open it because it was going to have some weird, like irreverent or just, you know, funny saying or, or something that, uh, that was just, you know, totally out of like the missionary norm. And then I did a good laugh and like share with my companion. And then we, I'd keep it, you know, and it was just funny. So, um, <clears throat> just did like, any, sorry, did what? anybody talk about the video that we sent to John on his mission? That we oh did yeah that well we sent one to you sam but we john. sent one to john too no john was the one where we did the uh good yeah. ship lollipop and uh <laughs> That's right. was somewhere right. out there Kristen and, and i were hippies yeah, and, yeah. yeah. it got wild yeah <laughs> that was the wackiest. yeah i feel like we yeah. have to try really hard to like be like said something cool to John. John, John said he used to show <laughs> I, that video. I think we succeeded. John said he used to show that video to like families and stuff, and they'd be like, "What? You need to explain this to us." Go ahead. Is that like, the one where they thought that uh, I, all the people they showed it to thought I was handicapped? <laughs> probably. They probably came thought... in from the day dancing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is the wacky. Does PJ? So does that slow. video exist somewhere? Does it exist? It does, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, it's on yeah. the like, like number three. Point is, point is, pants. I'm number three. That we thought was so was funny. Awesome. No, it, it wasn't. Was, it was uh, hilarious. It Don't say we funny. thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Joseph, I mean, seeing seeing somewhere out there, he was hitting notes that. Yeah, <laughs> here's the deal. A lot of people send when they're when their families on missions. They'll send a video that's like people bearing their testimonies and like their Sunday clothes and saying how much they love and miss them. No, we went, we got, we went a different direction. <laughs> um, it was for sure. ACDC yeah, music in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris and I are pretending to smoke. Yeah. 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 It was lots of fun. But the thing is, like, honestly, as a missionary, it's stuff like that that kind of keeps you going. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because there, obviously, there's, there's highs and lows, you know, but um, anytime, I was ever, you know, having a bad day or just not happy or whatever. I could always just grab a letter from home and John's were some of the best to grab because they're just so like lighthearted and, and sarcastic and funny. And yeah. and they just kind of bring you back and I'm like, okay, we're good. I can, I can keep working now. Yeah. But so one more, maybe just kind of the last thing that I'll share. I don't know why this is last other than they're just kind of in order, but when I was a freshman, so ninth grade, still in junior high, John was a senior. And, um, and I, John like had this, you kind of mentioned this already, Sam, but he was like part of the pretty, the probably the most popular group of kids in the school. Um, and so when I got into my sophomore year in high school, John was graduated, but he, 
I, I had gone and seen him and he'd, he'd like talked to me about certain things. And one specific thing that I remember really clearly is that he and his friends had like designated the bench as like this place that they would go after lunch. And there was like their cool place. It was, it was the bench. And he's like, you've got to keep the tradition alive. You got to keep the bench. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I'll do the best I can. And so there was some of the like juniors of when he was there that, that kept the tradition of the bench alive. But before, by the time I was like junior, senior, I had any kind of possibility to have any say in school. It had transitioned to like some other group of people that weren't the, the most popular, but not that I was like the most popular, but I, I didn't hold that tradition up. So I don't think John has ever forgiven me for that, mm -hmm. but um, you know, we'll see if uh, how he, what he thinks about that, but no, he actually, no, I just remember just the other day, he mentioned how that still stays with him. He's still not, he's upset. Still kind of hurts. Yeah, no, I, I figured so, but no, I mean that, but there was just like, those were, he was definitely, you know, just very, very, highly thought of and very cool in in school and and um you know someone that i thought maybe i'd be cool like that someday too but uh never did quite live up to what john was in the school's eyes nor in my mom's eyes <laughs> and there's the and theme of that the <laughs> in the world's eyes and especially in the eyes of my mother <laughs> i will never be john <laughs> Mom might have sent John away, but we all know that John was the favorite. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, um, anything else? Final thoughts? This was this was good. I love doing these. These are this fun. This feels like it's gonna be long. Yeah. Probably because he was the favorite and yeah. the most handsome and Could smartest. Be. Yeah. And the best beep I just thought I'd throw those Definitely out. Definitely the best bebopper. He's so good at the bebopping. <laughs> Mom, just so you know, it's beatboxing. Oh. Not bebopping. No, this whole time. His bebopping was fantastic. Bebopping. Bebop, do we bop, bebop? Mom, would you mind doing some bebopping for us? All right, guys. All love right. you guys. John, love, love you. you. Talk to y'all next time. week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.